This episode of Kid These Days is sponsored by TBR, Tailored Book Recommendations, now available as a gift for Valentine's Day. Is your favorite Valentine a hard-to-shop-for book lover? Give the gift of TBR, Book Riot's subscription service offering tailored book recommendations for readers of all stripes. Choose from plans that allow your loved one to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email as a one-time gift or a year-long subscription. And sit back while our bibliologists do the rest. When your receipt redeems your gift, they'll complete a profile to tell TBR about their reading preferences and what they're looking for, and they can even connect their Goodreads accounts. Then we'll match them with a bibliologist who will handpick recommendations just for them. Gifts start at just $16, so there's an option for every book budget. Plus, you can schedule the gift to be delivered to your Valentine's inbox on Valentine's Day. No waiting on shipping delays. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine, so when you treat someone's shelf, you're supporting an indie too. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. That's mytbr.co. And welcome to episode 47 of Kid Lit These Days, a Book Riot podcast. At Kid Lit These Days, we are your kid lit connoisseurs, pairing the best of children's literature with what's happening in the world today. I'm Nicole Young alongside Matthew Winner, and we are here to have a conversation that creates opportunities for parents, grandparents, teachers, librarians, and all who love children's literature to engage in the world through literature in a deeper and broader way. We are recording on January 31st, 2021, and on today's episode, we are sharing highlights from the 2021 Youth Media Awards. But first, hi, Matthew. Hey, Nicole Young. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? Nicole, it's snowing outside. It is snowing. It's it's not much. You know, we we, we were told there are two snowstorms that we could get between... uh, something like two and 22 inches of snow. It's been snowing since about 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Eh, maybe we have an inch. I'm hoping though. I'm hoping for some big old fat snowflakes that we can make <laughs> lots and lots of things out of and go sledding and all those things. I am not equipped, Matthew. I don't have any of the things <laughs> you're supposed to have. So like <laughs> when it snowed a few months ago, I had to get a neighbor to lend me their shovel because I didn't have a shovel. I don't Amazing. have real boots. I don't you know. Like I'm not ready for this. <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) Well, maybe your area will get hit lighter. I don't know. (laughs) All the question marks. I don't know. Maybe maybe for now you can just look out your window, I think that's see what how pretty do. it is, just enjoy it, it's all just good. Just observe the beauty from afar and not oh, have to yeah. go out. I mean, I've got enough food, so I feel like I can make it. I love that. <laughs> I'll eat my way through this snowstorm. Exactly. We, um... Uh, We've been really looking forward to this snow and to have a significant snow um, just because it 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 makes it feel like the season. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely the truth of, you know, but no matter how much snow we get, you're going to school tomorrow. <laughs> I just don't like that. <laughs> oh, well, we, we've, you know, we're also in this weird thing of... As of recording this, um, Mm -hmm. now President Biden has issued his uh, 100-day mask challenge, wear Mm -hmm. a mask every day for the next 100 days. Uh, And he also um, hopes that 
after those 100 days, we'll be able to start opening schools. Great. Uh, Shortly after that, maybe within 24 or 48 hours, Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland uh, decided that he wants all of the public schools open by March 1. So we have been for the past week in a a bit of a, a an, an upended household as uh, our county and my wife who works in the county um, sort of rapidly trying to figure out how can we go back to school uh, when the county had decided we were going to go back in April and now that needs to be moved up because of the governor's expectations. Uh, so that has been stressful and we're also seeing counties around us that are trying to go back and then having to close because of COVID outbreaks. Yeah. So for now we're enjoying that we're at home and enjoying the snow and and you know putting a lot of faith in the people our board of ed and the people that are running our our school systems to make really difficult considerations and decisions so that everyone is safe when we return whatever the date may be yeah, my home state is Virginia, and the teachers have been told that they'll, they're they're going to start getting vaccines in February, um, which is huge. And my mom also works for the school district where she is, so they might be eligible for vaccines in February. But I'm with you. I mean, everyone's still waiting on pins and needles because, like, if 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 uh, staff and teachers have vaccines but children don't have vaccines, what does that mean? Um, I just, I know that there's a lot of angst right now around what happens next. Yeah. Lots of question marks. Uh, I'm so glad that we have so many people that, that do want to go back to school, but are also now considering what does that really look like? A lot Mm -hmm. of people have been saying that for a long time, Mm -hmm. but what does it really look like? School's not going to look the way that it was you know, pre-pandemic. And so Mm -hmm. are we okay with what it looks like now? And is everyone being safe? And in all the different moments of a child's day, are we being as safe as we can? All those things are are great, normal conversations uh, to have. I think I was most proud that um, uh, during our Board of Ed meeting, the student representative on the Board of Ed uh, meeting was pushing that board so hard with his questions. Mm. It just felt like, yeah, there it is. The kids yes. are going to lead the way. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. I love it. So it was great. Well, um, I cannot wait to talk about these results of the Youth Media Awards so uh, exciting, with you because Matthew. they were big, 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 big. Uh, before we do that, let me jump us into our next sponsor. This episode of Kidlet These Days is sponsored by The Hat Makers by Tamsin Merchant and Paolo Escobar from W.W. Norton. And the uh, summary goes like this. When Cordelia Hatmaker's father vanishes on an ingredient expedition, Cordelia refuses to accept that he's gone. Her grief-stricken aunt and uncle forge ahead to fulfill an order from the king for a magical peace hat. (laughs) But then the peace hat is stolen along with the piece boots, cloak, watch, and gloves crafted by the other maker families. Cordelia realizes that there is a menacing plot against the makers, and the Prospero hat maker's disappearance may be connected. Cordelia must uncover who is behind the thefts if she is to save the makers and find out what really happened to her father. Now, as you can imagine, um, 
this magical, magical story of intrigue, uh, I, I have to hope, is just going to be uh, set in the most whimsical. I want and- it to be so absurd, Matthew. <laughs> the, the setting, I, I feel like... <laughs> By describing what's going on, I already <laughs> feel like I'm stepping into London as that yes. backdrop. I can already yes. feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that the author, I don't know if you recognize the name. Um, she, Tamsin Merchant, is an actress on the, the television show Carnival Row. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she's taking uh, much of what she learned about costumes and hat creations from shooting that show uh, as inspiration for this story and wanting to be a writer. Uh, acting has really helped her shape this story as an author. So it's going to be a really neat thing to see how uh, that work of whimsy in that show is informing some of the inspiration of this book. Again, the book is called The Hat Makers by Tamsin Merchant, and it's got illustrations by Paolo Escobar. I just loved the the piece hat and the boots and the cloak and the watch. I just love that. I'm excited. Yeah, and the gloves. To, oh, yeah. And the gloves. I'm excited to check this book out. Yeah, and then just the inevitable turn of they're stolen. So yeah. the thing meant to keep peace is stolen. Yeah. So we are never short of amazing books to talk about on this show. And this, as of recording this again, this past Monday was the Youth Media Awards of ALA, the American Library Association, which is where they award those prestigious book awards, including the Newbery, the Caldecott, the Coretta Scott King, the Pora Belpre. This is a big, big deal. And also a big deal is that, one, it was all held virtually this year, but Mm -hmm. two, much of the reading for these awards and the distribution of review copies and things like that were significantly impacted by uh, the pandemic and by access in that way. So I think a lot of us had great big questions over what will representation look like this year, not just uh, representation across cultures and across race, but also representation across publishers. Will these small publishers still be able to have their voice seen and heard and centered and considered through these awards. And I think uh, the great news that we're sharing today and highlighting some of these books is, oh, yeah, they they definitely got recognized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I um, first want to ask, and I think we talked about this on our very, very, very first episode together, Nicole, which was yeah. a, a year ago as a of recording ago this. Mm-hmm. I, I think I asked you this, but I wanted to bring it up again, one, to hear it again, but two, because I know that there are new listeners that have joined us in this past year that haven't heard you share. Do you remember from childhood noticing books with medals on their cover? Yes, absolutely. And we, yeah, we've talked about this before. I definitely remember the Kyle Decott winners. They were the ones when I was in elementary school that would be read right to us. Like those yeah. would be the first picks or were the Kyle Decott winners. And then I remember every year Newberry winners being books that people assigned or if I went to the library and asked for a new book I was always handed like whatever the newest Newbery winner oh that's was. great yeah I remember I remember them I didn't know that they were called the youth media awards I didn't know how one procured them but I did know that they were important how about you I remember medals on awards I don't know if I know specifics I don't even know 
I can't recall awards being talked about with me. Mm. And since being a librarian, it's very, very hard then to even remember, like, did I remember seeing a horse on that medal, which was the Caldecott? Did I remember seeing an open book on the cover, which was the Newberry? I can't remember that. I, I can tell you, though, if I knew about any of them at all, it would have been the Caldecott or the Newberry. And that becoming a librarian and going to library school and things like that really brought even greater awareness to the other awards, of which there are, I believe, 21 currently, including some affiliate awards. Uh, but... Uh, now I've really made it quite a mission to make sure that children know about these awards. We've got some wonderful, wonderful highlights and firsts that I wanted to make sure we said up front, even though at our book talking segment, we are going to spend time celebrating these books. Mm-hmm. Um, the the first, I think, most prominent, most wonderful, most joyous thing is that the winner of the Caldecott Award, that's the award for best illustration in a book, the winner is Michaela Goad. Michaela illustrated We Are Water Protectors, a picture book written by Carol Lindstrom, which was about uh, Native individuals, mm-hmm. um, their, their plight against... Um, oil drilling and oil pipelines, uh, identity as indigenous individuals inspired by Standing Rock. It came from all of these different facets, but really with that drive of climate justice for all children and a recognition that people that were on this land long before you and your ancestors were have honored the land and water and have been water protectors, and we too can be. Michaela winning the Caldecott is significant in two humongous ways. The first, because she is the first Native illustrator to ever win the Caldecott Award. And the second, because she is the first non-white woman to ever win the Caldecott Award. This is major, major major news. You and I talked about this at the beginning. It's it is both shocking that this is the first non-white woman who has won this award, um, and then also amazing, right? We've talked about we are water protectors so many different points during the year. I, I think we first started talking about it back during the Everywhere Book Fest. Do you remember that yep, episode? That would have been it. Sure. And we, I feel like that was maybe the first time we ever talked about this book, but it's so gorgeous. And I just wanted to loop back, Matthew, because you're right. I think when I was a kid, all I knew was Caldecott and um, and Newberry. And you, and through the, just being on the show with you, I've learned so much more about some of the other awards that are handing out every that that are handed out every year. Um, I love but that. that said, I love hearing um, that, Nicole. I, I for sure. I mean, they, I didn't know about uh, the Pura Belpre until we started working together, and I was like. Oh, and then started reading some of those books that had won previously. And so it's just exciting to see them. It all come full circle this year. But also that books that we loved, like We Are Water Protectors, getting the the honor that they're due for sure. I think it's important that adults too, but I think it's really important that kids are able to name these awards and understand Mm -hmm. why they're given. And the Newberry and the Caldecott are great starting places. But again, there are so many other awards And these awards are being selected with these children in mind. Mm -hmm. So I think that for so many different reasons, it's important to read them. Also, as you said, and as that librarian in your life did, these are great books as first reads. If you need a suggestion, these are great ones to go to. They're just outstanding works. Two other highlights before we um, go much deeper. I wanted to highlight that the Children's Legacy 
Award, the Children's Literature Legacy Award. Um, that is an award that honors an author or illustrator whose books uh, published in the U.S., have made over a period of years a substantial and lasting contribution to literature for children through books that demonstrate integrity and respect for all children's lives and experiences. I'm, I'm reading that description. Um, we have done an episode previously called Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. Mm-hmm. And we had guest author Linda Sue Park because she had written this article exactly about that, about... Um, about voices of color paving a way long before we've had these awards mm-hmm. um, and, and, and being recognized and how those books have brought into our fold way more authors and illustrators. Mm-hmm. And so fitting that the winner of this year's Children's, Legacy, Children's Literature Legacy Award is Mildred D. Taylor, who wrote Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry, and actually closed the series out this year with the Coretta Scott King Author Award winning uh, All the Days Past, All the Days to Come. Uh, So beautiful, beautiful to see Mildred Taylor's work, who we would have read when we were in school. Yeah, I think I've shared before that she, Mildred Taylor is, her writing was such a staple of mine like when I was a child because she was one of the few who was a black writer writing for middle grades, right? That was number one. And then back to whether or not you remember the awards, I remember where the award was on the cover of that book, right? Like, And it felt like it was validation for my mostly white teachers and librarians at the time to give me a book about black children, right? Because it had that award on it. There was They were like, okay, well, this is a quality book I can give you. Whether or not there were many, many other quality books written by authors of color, which there have been for, for decades, um, for centuries even, um, but it was... It, it allowed them that that metal on it allowed them to give it to me to push it towards me right in a way yeah. that I think um, other authors weren't um, and so I deeply remember Mildred D Taylor the first time I ever read her books and wow. it's so exciting to see her um, honored in this way. The last there were many as we said many many big deal things that happened. Um, the last thing I want to, oh, I should show, actually, let me show uh, a, a really quick shout out because I had mentioned before recording this, that the Prince Award, which goes to uh, young adult books, um, the winner and first honor named were both by a brand new publishing company called Levine Carido. That's Arthur A. Levine's uh, publishing house. And he's the one who used to work at Scholastic with Arthur A. Levine Books, who published all of the Harry Potter books, among many, many other things. This is their first year out in publishing. And among many honors that were received um, for that publishing house, uh, the book that won Daniel Neary's book called Everything Sad is Untrue, uh, one and one of the honors is called Apple Skin to the Core by Indigenous author Eric Gansworth, two phenomenal books that are available in audio that are wonderful. I wanted to share also, though, that of the five Newbery Honor books that were named, and I don't know that I've ever seen this happen before, two of them were by the same author. And she's one that we've mentioned on here before. Mm-hmm. Christina Suntornvat. She wrote a phenomenal middle grade novel called A Wish in the Dark that won a Newbery Honor. And she also wrote this year a nonfiction book called All 13, The Incredible Cave Rescue of the Thai Boys Soccer Team. So she has two 
Newberry Honors named in the same year, published by the same house. I just that that to me felt like history. Yeah, that's huge. Congratulations, Christina. Yay, Christina. Christina, please tell me you're listening and (laughs) that you are feeling the high fives and the hugs we're sending your way. If not, we'll just tag her on Twitter afterwards. (laughs) Like, we're talking about you. (laughs) We are. I love that. Well, we're going to talk about a whole lot more people in just a minute. But do you mind sharing our next sponsor? Sure. This episode is sponsored by The Tiger's Apprentice by Lawrence Yep from HarperCollins Children's Book. A boy, a magical tiger, an outlaw dragon, and a mischievous monkey carry the fate of the world on their shoulders in this new edition of The Tiger's Apprentice from two-time Newbery Honor-winning author Lawrence Yep. This action-packed fantasy reveals a hidden world within our own, where animals take human form, where friendship is the final weapon in the battle between good and evil, and where a young boy is responsible for saving the world he knows and the one he is just discovering. Ooh, it sounds great. exciting. Yeah, this is this is a, a classic book. Lawrence Yep um, is so wonderful. You know that, that this is about to be an animated movie from Paramount. It's going to come no, out I in didn't. 2023. Yeah, this is one of those great books to hand to kids that like fantasy, that like animals mixed in. I always think about Golden Compass um, mm-hmm. when I think about this book, or I think about um, even books like The One and Only Ivan because of that that sort of magical realism in them uh so yeah i i I have no doubt that there are a number of people that are already very aware of lawrence yep's work and Mm -hmm. uh to know that this one is is getting that that movie treatment is really cool well, let me bring us into our book talk segment. Remember that every book we mention will be included in our show notes, which you can find at bookriot.com slash listen, and then find episode number 47 of Kidlit These Days. You can also share the stuff that you love uh, using hashtag Kidlit These Days on social media, or email us at kidlitthesedays at bookriot.com to tell us more. We will make sure in our show notes to include a full press release of all of the youth media winners from 2021. That way, uh, not only will you get the ones we're mentioning now, but you can see the full list of winners and honors. That's a very important thing to check out because uh, you will find and discover book awards that you might not have been aware of as well. We're going to highlight as many as we can, though. So uh, I will once again mention this just so it can be included as we talk. Um that everyone should check out We Are Water Protectors, which is written by Carol Lindstrom and illustrated by Michaela Goad, who won the Randolph Caldecott Medal for the Most Distinguished American Picture Book for Children. Uh, Make sure you check these out. I will say, Nicole, as of uh, recording this, I was just putting together a... Um, a, a blog post for the Children's Book Podcast because I've hosted a great number of these folks on the show. And mm-hmm. as I was linking to uh, to where they can purchase the books online, one after another after another was on back order. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to mention these books. Please use your public library. Uh, they very well could have them on hand for you. Um, or, or, you know, Put an order in at your at your local indie bookstore, and they will come in. And if they're sold out now, that means the copy you get probably is going to have the shiny sticker on it, which is even better. 
I think that's right. I also will say that the, I went to try to see if I could get a copy, an audiobook copy of Everything Sad is Untrue, and it is back ordered at the library too. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, folks might Maybe have this to is wait. What we're going to. That's right. <laughs> you, you know that there are people like us catching up on the awards where we're like, yes. "Whoa, look at all this stuff that I missed." Let me just go and put mm-hmm. in a request for every single thing, and. <laughs> How great does that speak also toward how much people believe in these awards that mm-hmm. every award we are mentioning, I'm telling you every single thing I'm mentioning today is on back order. The Schneider Family Book Award, which you might not know what that is, the the um, Stonewall Award, the Portobello Prey, the Sydney Taylor, you might not know what these are yet to roll them off your tongue, but these books are all on back order mm-hmm. for the most <laughs> wonderful reasons. <laughs> all right, Nicole, go share another book with us, please. So this is, you and I were talking before about books we didn't know that showed up on this list. And um, so Mia and Mama, illustrated and written by Cosby Cabrera, I had not heard of, but she was nominated in three separate categories um, in this year's awards. (laughs) And so I was like, let me check this out. So I checked out, just looked at the beginning of the book again. It's on back order. um, And it looks just beautiful. Um, I was going to read a little bit. It says, on a rainy day, when the house smells like cinnamon and Papa and Luca are still asleep, when the clouds are wearing shadows and the wind paints the window with beads of water, I want to be everywhere Mama is. With lyrical prose and a tender touch, the Caldecott and Coretta Scott King honor book, they just updated this, Mama and Me is an ode to the strength of the bond between mother and daughter as they spend a rainy day together. And I just love it. The illustrations look beautiful. Um, and, you know, you and I talk a lot about wanting there to be more books for for black children, for black brown children, where they don't have to be like civil rights leaders, but instead just little black children re- living their day. And just this seems such a sweet um, version of that, just like a mama and me book for a little, little black and brown girls. And I yeah. love it. So. Nicole, uh, did you watch the youth media awards live when they happened? I did not. I was watching the Twitter talks. Yeah. The talk back after. Sure. Yeah. Are you aware how all of that happens? Maybe I can give a little bit of background for our listeners. Please do. Yes. So, so the youth media awards are, are named, at ALA Midwinter, the American Library Association's Midwinter Conference, which always happens uh, end of January or early February. The uh, naming of the awards happens, which is what you can view the video online. The naming of the the awards, the presentation happens at uh, a banquet that morning of the final day, 9 a.m. of that final day. These, every winner, every winner of these awards was called the early morning of that day. So to say that the publishers were rushing to like update the the description of the books on these on these book sites mm-hmm. uh, is great, but also know that many of these people received a call probably at like five or six in the morning, waking <laughs> them up, depending on um, where the conference is held. 9 a.m. happens at a different time also. So like 9 a.m. on the East Coast means um, that the conference or that the the awards are starting at 6 a.m. on the West Coast, which means you have to be called even earlier than that to hear that you won the award. So it's just sort of a fun 
lovely magical thing to always hear the author and illustrator stories of how they quote unquote got the call you can look online they always always share these wonderful stories slj will post stuff book list will post stuff hornbook will post stuff about these stories about how people quote unquote got the call it's a very special thing but all the things we're naming just just imagine someone getting like a random phone call at i don't know like three or six in the morning to tell them So the next book I want to share, and this is one we have given such love to this year, and I'm so, so excited to see it made the list, because it was by a tiny publisher. Um, Mm -hmm. It's called Magnificent Homespun Brown, a celebration written by Samara Koldoyan and winner of the Credit Scott King Illustrator Honor, Kehlani Juanita. Yeah, Kehlani, way to go. (laughs) For folks that are are not sure of what this award is, the Credit Scott King Book Awards recognize an African-American author and illustrator of outstanding books for children and young adults. And as I said, this is in the category of illustrator. They do a separate um, author award and an illustrator award, as well as John Steptoe for new talent. They have a couple different awards that they do. Um, and in this case, <laughs> oh yeah, she got a, an honor, an illustrator honor. Way to go, Kehlani. So well-deserved. Um, the next book I want to highlight is one, these are all books we've talked about on here before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about just celebrating our book friends. This book is called I Talk Like a River. It's by Jordan Scott, illustrated by Sydney Smith, it's one of the most exquisitely illustrated picture books you will ever see. Uh, Sydney could not win the Caldecott because he is Canadian. <laughs> so that excluded um, consideration for this book in the Caldecott. It's, of course, absolutely beautiful. The Schneider Family Book Award, if you have not heard of it, is uh, the award for books that embody an artistic expression of the disability experience. And I Talk Like a River is Jordan's story uh, based on his own life of what his dad told him because Jordan has a stutter. And this book is magical the way it brings Jordan's experience to light for readers of all sorts. And Sydney has done such a beautiful job in illustrating it. It's called I Talk Like a River. It's a picture book by Jordan Scott, illustrated by Sydney Smith. I just wanted to highlight one of the books that you brought to my attention, Matthew, um, that w- that received an Odyssey honor, uh, When Stars Are Scattered by Victoria Jameson and Omar Muhammad. Um, what a phenomenal graphic novel. Book. What's the Odyssey Award? Can you tell us? Yes, the Odyssey is this award honors the best audiobook produced for children and or young adults available in English in the United States. So this is the Audiobook Award. And you were, were telling me about how beautiful the audiobook is for this. You know, I... I, I'm I'm becoming one of those people that not only do I obsess over graphic novels, but if they make an audiobook version of it, I am quick to recommend it. Victoria Jameson's books have all been adapted into audiobook, and her um, Roller Girl won a Newbery Honor when it came out, her graphic novel Roller Girl, but I believe it also got an Odyssey honor when that one came out, too. So it didn't surprise me that they were making an audiobook of When Stars Are Scattered. But the, the audiobook version of, of this is 
just incredible. Just beautifully, beautifully done. Full sound effects. Sounds like you're listening to a radio show. It's wonderful. I love it. Mm. I love it. And you, I mean, over this past year, I have gotten so deep into audiobooks and so yep. discerning about which ones are great. And I can't wait to listen to this one. But also excited that there is an award to honor this because it's such real work when someone is translating a written work into something that you're listening to. Um, it's just, it's really, it takes a lot of skill. And I'm always impressed when people do it really well. That book, did we talk about how that book was a National Book Award finalist? Yes. That book has a very special sticker on it. Only five books are named in that category for National Book Award. That book has, a, a, among many, very special stickers on it. That book has a special sticker on it. Um, the next one I want to talk to you about is Vamos, Let's Go Eat Yay. by Raul III that we just talked about. I just feel like clapping for all of them. Last I know that they already the had before? their award. But I know, I just, right? Like... So this this is such a big deal that this book won. This book won the Pora mm-hmm. Bell Prey Award, which honors a Latinx writer and illustrator whose children's books best portray, affirm, and celebrate the Latino cultural experience. And this, I mean, this book, to know that this book is going to be a long-running series, that this is the second book in the picture book series, Vamos. The first one was Let's Go to the Market. This one's Let's Go Eat. There are easy readers coming out that are comic easy readers. There are board books coming out. This is a universe that I believe I mentioned. Raul has been thinking about and playing in since he was in school. Mm-hmm. To have a thought, an idea, a project, a, a passion that you have cared about your entire life. It's beautiful. Be recognized at the top of this Pora Belpre Award mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. incredible. It affirms the writing amid all books that could be considered his book one. It's just, I mean, it's just... If it doesn't make you want to stand up and cheer for folks making gorgeous books, way to go, Raul. It's so beautiful. It's so incredible. I love it. I had mentioned before that it's sort of like a, a uh, like Richard Scarry, uh, only through a, a Latinx voice. It's just, yeah, it's amazing. Anyway, um, the, the final book. Oh, I should say, wait, did you, is there any other you wanted to share before I share the final one? Well, one doesn't it doesn't fall into the uh, category of book we usually talk about, but Legendborn, which was my favorite book that oh, I read in yes. 2020, won an award uh, this year, and I just was so excited for it. It was the first speculative fiction. She won the John Steptoe New Talent Author Award, and I love I love Legendborn. It was just incredible, and so it's out of our usual wheelhouse, but I recommend. That's wonderful. Uh, the place I want to end today, because you know we've talked about so many exceptional books and a real place of wonder i want to end you with is that the stonewall book award which is uh an award uh given to an english language children's and young adult book of exceptional merit Mm. relating to the gay lesbian bisexual and transgender experience this award where any book children's and young adults book any book could be considered a board book one and it is one of a three book board book series called We Are Little Feminists. The one that won is Families. The other two include Hair and On the Go. Archa Shravastav wrote We Are Little Feminist Families 
This is a book. Um, I'm going to read some of it to you, Nicole, and then I'm going to describe it. It is text with photographs. Uh, It reads, Family is tall shoulders that I can climb. Dance parties anytime. Big belly laughs we can share. Silly faces without a care. All of our love piled in a heap. A comfy place for me to sleep. And then it continues, family is, and it continues forward. This book um, has just exceptional representation in the book. It is very clear how very intentional Little Feminist was at making these books inclusive. You see different types of families. You see different cultures represented. You see same-sex families. You see single-parent families. You see... Uh, different generations represented. You see a trans man who is pregnant. There is representation in this book that is so incredibly thoughtfully done and so undeniably honors the people in the photographs, all of whom are connected, related in some way to the little feminist family. Um, And I know that because I interviewed Archa way, way, way back when this was first coming out, probably in the beginning of the year. I love that. I I was going to say, I remember us talking about these books before. And to your point, it's so exciting that a a board book won. (laughs) A board book to talk about language and representation and, and, and illustration in that way through photograph. And that a board book one. I think we always love to marvel at when a picture book wins the Newberry because to have text be that strong that it would be recognized as the strongest text um, of all books considered, that is significant. To have a board book recognized, I think, speaks in such a way that it elevates the format and says board books are important and have something to say to. Even if the ones that we're reading to chew on the pages, <laughs> we still deliver the most powerful, important, inclusive messages. So if that doesn't leave everyone with hope, I don't know what will. There are amazing stories out there. Listeners, all you need to do is look. They are there. Not just the ones that were awarded. There are other books coming out. You just need to look or ask. Ask a librarian. Ask for rep- for recommendations from your bookseller. Ask your friends. Ask your Facebook connections. But they are there. And if they're truly not there, and it is your experience you want expressed, write it. Find an author friend who can help you if you need that or find the support you need. Write that story. If nothing else, this year's Youth Media Awards, Nicole, affirmed for me that those voices writing their stories were being centered for great reason. I agree. And I think to your point about if you cannot find the books, you know, in, in years past, and you and I talked about this when we talked about Youth Media Awards last year, right? In years past, those lists have not been representative, right? They have not represented a wide array of kid kids' literature consumers and readers, right? And so this award being so full of firsts and hopefully not lasts is such an encouragement to your point around 
just like there there exists more and more there exists a book that represents your child's experience and if there isn't please please make it um because kids need it absolutely thank you so much for giving us the chance nicole to talk about these books i um everybody i have some sad news this is my (laughs) final episode of kill it these days i was honored to be a part of of your dishwashing and your laundry folding <laughs> and your shoveling and your lawn mowing for these past two years, way back mm-hmm. in March when I started with Karina Yan Glaser, and then back last February, Nicole, when you came on, I've had um, not just the greatest amount of joy doing all of this, but I really have been tremendously grateful for the connections I've made through doing this and the conversations I've shared with you and with others. Thank you so much for making this such a home for me. Matthew, I'm going to miss you so much. Um, I've just learned so much from you and your experience in kids literature. And it's been such a joy working with you and I'm going to miss you. Well, I'm going to let you send us out, but maybe I can take the last line. Okay, that works. Thanks for joining us today. As always, we would love your feedback on this podcast and always appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts. When you do that, you also help other people find us. You can find me on Twitter, um, Nicole Young at Itty Bitty NY. And you can find me, Matthew Winner, on Twitter at Matthew Winner. Thanks to DR Baker for sound editing on this episode. You're amazing. We love you. And if you have a story idea, reach out to us on social media using the hashtag KidLitTheseDays or email us at KidLitTheseDays at BookRiot.com. We would love to hear what you're thinking about and what you would like to hear on the show. All right, listeners, if you know it, say it with me. (laughs) May your coming days be storied and may the good stories keep on coming.